stupid amounts. Hey, welcome to the Ross Project, a conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech, and marketing. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host. On this podcast, you will gather 100% real, raw, and unfiltered, life changing advice to level up in every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a doozy of an episode today. I'm excited to have Brian Clayton with me today, who is the CEO and co-founder of GreenPal, an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals. GreenPal has been called the Uber of lawn care by Entrepreneur Magazine and has over 100,000 active users, completing thousands of transactions per day. Before starting GreenPal, Brian Clayton founded Peachtree Inc., one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee, growing into over $10 million in year in annual revenue before it was acquired by Lusa Holdings in 2013. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Ivan. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, man. So, okay, this, that's quite, quite the bio there. I mean, like most people look at that and like, all right, this dude is like rolling $10 million company, but... <laughs> Before we, t- we get to talk about that, let- let's start with the story. Let's start, go all the way back to the beginning. How did GreenPal come about? Yeah, so I guess to get to the essence of GreenPal, how it started, I got to rewind back with my first company uh, about 22 years ago. I was drug kicking and screaming into entrepreneurship by my father when he interrupted me playing Nintendo one day and made me go cut the neighbor's grass. And uh, it was a hot summer day and he and I, uh, he actually helped me and we mowed the neighbor's yard and we made 20 bucks, split that. And I was hooked on entrepreneurship from that moment on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never had a boss, never had a job. I've always owned my own businesses. And by the end of that summer, I was mowing yards in the neighborhood and I had like 10 customers and, and uh, I was making more money than all my friends. And it was awesome. I was just hooked. <laughs> Cut grass all through high school, all through college and, and actually uh, built it into a real business. Uh, put my way through college. And uh, when I graduated college, I had to make a decision. Was I going to uh, fold up the business and basically take a pay cut or was I just going to keep rolling with it? I didn't want to be a landscaper my whole life, but I was doing well. It was a good, it was a good little humming small business. Mm -hmm. And I just doubled down, laid out a business plan. And over a 15 year period of time, I grew that landscaping business to be one of the largest in the state of Tennessee, over 150 employees, uh, over $10 million a year in annual revenue. And in 2013, that business was acquired by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. And uh, so I took that business all the way from just myself and a push mower to 150 people, learned a lot about building companies uh, this, just through trial and error and doing things the wrong way for so long and, uh, and, and saw that thing all the way through. Yeah. Then after that, I just, I just, it was became obvious to me what the next company should be. I saw what Airbnb and and Uber and Lyft were doing for ride sharing and hotel accommodations, and I just knew that GreenPal needed to exist, which is basically like the Uber for lawn mowing. Yeah, yeah. You know what's really interesting of how that chain effect happened? Like you said, all the way back to you know you were mowing the lawn in the neighborhood and making right. money, right? So like most people can't fathom that because I think too many entrepreneurs nowadays are so hyper-focused on building a business that actually like working on the business itself, you know, that they forget that, you know, at the end of the day is, is you got to have, 
you know, a passion, you got to have a purpose, you know, what you're doing, you got to truly enjoy it because at the end of the day, you know, it's not worthwhile if you're not doing it. So was that what, what it felt like to you when you were like, you know, first law on your mode and you're like, shit, I made 20 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, a few hundred bucks. And like, holy fuck, like I, I'm making more money. So what did that feel like in the beginning? felt really good. It felt good to be in charge of my own destiny and chart my own course. There's a lot of draw. There's a lot of downsides too. Uh, you know, you don't mm -hmm. have the safety net and I, and I learned how to deal with that early on. But for me, like my businesses are always like the vehicle for my personal development. Mm -hmm. They are the thing that causes me to level up the thing that causes me to be better, smarter, wiser, just a better leader, better manager, learning things I never would have to learn. Uh, the bi a business just requires you uh, to do these things. And I am, right. you know, with both companies, I, I am not the person I would be without those businesses. And so the marketplace, doesn't matter what business you're in, is just a relentless, ruthless feedback machine telling yeah. you where you suck, telling you what you need to work on, both in your business and you personally. And so for me, uh, like, and that's why I started my second business because I cause, is because when I sold my first one, I kind of got bored and I got I got sloppy right. and I and I got to a point where I really wasn't happy. There was no joy and and so I I got back into business because of that because I needed that vehicle that thing that was my thrust to just become better, become smarter, and to always be improving. And that's why I I personally love business. Yeah. Um. I think if you get into starting your own company uh, just as a way to like to literally like get rich. I mean, yeah, money's a great motivator. I mean, it, it, it all mo it motivates all of us. But I mean, a lot, a lot of times for me, I look at great entrepreneurs and it's like some sort of relentless like fanaticism to just be great, to build something awesome, right. to be successful is what drives them forward. And money is like a subset to that. And yeah, that's been my experience. You know, that's why I love it. That's why I have a, I have mm -hmm. a passion for building companies. You know, it's so ironic that you mentioned that because you were talking about money being a, a motivator and for a lot of entrepreneurs it is, right? Because, you know, most people actually, most entrepreneurs, I should say, they start a business largely because of money reasons. You know, they might be struggling, you know, in the current job and that they're not getting paid enough or they don't have a job and they right. think that starting a business is, is a good avenue. It's a good approach to make something. But you said something else that you're, you're, I don't know, person 1,500,000, you know, that I said this is it's that money in itself, you know, is, is not the determination of success because most people can't really define what success looks like for them. You know, right. success, you know, you could be happy doing what, what you're doing and you're making money, but at the end of the day is, is you're doing it for the right reasons. And I, that, that I think is really the differentiator here is that you know, get in the business for the right fucking reasons. You know, don't get yeah. into it for money because I sure as shit know a lot of people who made a pile of cash and they're unhappy as fuck. Yeah, that's very true. It's uh, it's it, you see a lot of people that are driven by dollars that that build businesses to make yeah. money and get rich, and they're not fulfilled. But then on the other hand, you, you see people that just want to manifest something and they, uh, they just say, oh, so it'll just happen and if I, I can just manifest it. And that's right. bullshit too. And so really there's like a healthy dose of both. Like you, you have to be numbers driven. You got to be f fanatical about this stuff. You have to be a hustler. Uh, but also you have to have that balance of understanding that money is not the destination because if you make it that right. – you may not ever be successful. Even if you do get there, you're not going to be fulfilled by it. And, and so that's something that I've always struggled with building and, and selling my first company and now my second yeah. is to have the healthy balance of, 
of of the, the money side, but but also like the passion side and combining the two. I don't think it's or. I think it's and. I think you can have both, and a good healthy right. dose of both can be like a sustainable, like healthy diet to get there, to get from like starting from scratch, which is so damn hard, to like leveling up every single little problem. Yeah. Like like business is like a video game. Like every level, like it's just there's just a new set of challenges and it yeah. just never, it never ends. And so like you, you're going to have to be able to, to run that marathon. And if money is the only fuel that you have in your gas tank, you're going to burn out quick emotionally. You know, so a couple of things you said, and the last one I want to touch upon, you said business is like a video game. So, you know, gr- growing up, I used to, I used to play, you know, Sega Genesis. I used to have yeah. an Atari way back in the day. And you know what? I, I remember my parents specifically like, like criticizing saying, what the fuck are you doing playing video games? Go do your homework or something. And nowadays you see people that are making six figures or more with video games. And suddenly it's like, wait, so <laughs> over the last now. 20, 30 years, <laughs> it, it has come about the realization that video games is actually about strategic thinking. Right. And so, because when you think about it, it's just art, like RPG games, right? For example, Absolutely. the reason why people play them so much is because it's critical thinking. I personally actually didn't know this, but like now that I'm, you know, I'm an avid entrepreneur, you know, running my own business and such, like I'm realizing like, holy shit, I should have played more fucking video games. <laughs> I paid attention to what anybody else said. Yo, you know? Elon Musk plays like an hour of video games a day. So like, I mean, who can, <laughs> who can talk shit about that? <laughs> well, that's just it. That's just it. And, and actually... The other thing that, you know, I wanted to, to talk about because you said fulfillment, you know, like, like you said, you struggle with that fulfillment. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, struggle with fulfillment. Like they almost feel like, okay, is it going to hit me today? Am I going to wake up and like realize what that fulfillment is? What was that for you? How did you figure that out for yourself? Yeah. So for like to use like a, like a metaphor for me, uh, it's kind of like business is kind of like uh, if you're walk take, taking a hike through nature and you notice like a stream that is like dammed up and it just smells like crap and there's like trash in it and stuff like that and 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 it's not moving right. and and it's not a fun f- place to be around uh, whereas a stream that's flowing through it's like vibrant there's fish in it and it's just like you would just sit by there and just hang out like for me business is the thing that causes me to keep driving forward, to keep like that river of life flowing through, to always be setting new objectives and like conquering them and like, and like making my product or my service better and better and better uh, just because that brings me joy and delight. So that, that kind of clicked for me, I guess about year eight or nine in my first company when I, when I just saw like us expanding and, and us doing well. And I say us, like my, my team, my, my company, I had like a hundred people at that point. And that's where it got to be really fun was that this was no longer just about me. This was about all of the people that, that, that benefited from the company, right. that benefited from the company's prosperity because they would get pay raises or they would get more opportunities to go from just like grass cutter to crew foreman to like mid-level manager right. to like, to like a uh, department manager to like a branch manager. Like I, you know, I was part of something that was creating these opportunities for these people. And that's what got to be a lot of fun, like unlocked the next level in the video game to, to stick right. that metaphor. It's like that stuff doesn't exist in level one, but like maybe level nine or 10 in the video game, it does. And that's when it really becomes fun. You just got to grind it out to get to that point. You know, one thing that I, I 100% agree with that. And there's so much that I actually want to elaborate upon that. First of all, you were talking about the nature hike example. 
Like when you, you know, you go out and you see the stream and you see trash and shit. Like what are most people going to say to that situation? They're going to say, I, I, I don't want to be near this site, right? It's trash. It's polluted. It smells, right? right? You don't want to be there. But what is really business about? It's about solutions. It's about right. solving problems, right? right? So the entrepreneur looks at that and says, holy shit, like there is an opportunity right there. I can clean this place up. Right. Exactly. Right? Most people are going to move away because they're, they want no association of it. And that's the difference, I think, is just that. And I think that's in part what, like, the reason I asked the question about fulfillment is that you realize that you were serving a purpose. You were serving a need in the marketplace. There was a void, and you were creating that solution. But then, and, and I should want you to elaborate upon this, is when you said you had 100 people at that point, right, that you were employing, that becomes much bigger than just you because now you're actually employing people you're paid salaries you know you put it you're helping put food on the table for other people keep right. the lights on you know take care of their families right what is what did that feel like like what was the mindset when you went from like okay fulfillment holy shit i got all these employees what was going through your mind at that time yeah so I think for every good business owner, every good entrepreneur, like the business is like them and scaffolding around them and it's an extension of, of who they are. And that's mm -hmm. how I've always treated my businesses. Like this company is just part of me seven days a week, 24 seven. It's a manifestation of who I am. And, and so like, that's a very powerful thing. It's a, it's a very uh, fulfilling thing to feel that. But then, he, the, then the gravity sets in and he's like, holy, holy crap. Like if I screw this up, there's like 10, 20, 30, 40 people who are going to be out of a job who really need this job, especially depending on what economic times you're in, you know, yeah. we're in one right now. Um, and so like, that is like a new, like responsibility that is set onto you that it's, it's, it's hard to describe in words for me, I, it scared the shit out of me. And so again, mm -hmm. it would cause me to, to listen to podcasts, listen to YouTube videos of people way smarter than me, seek out classes on, on business strategy and like differentiation and value proposition, study copywriting, study marketing, like all of these things that quite yeah. frankly, like, like, a, like in my DNA, don't, I don't give a shit about, but right. these are like skills that I have to learn if I'm going to like be the captain of this ship and not screw it up for everybody. Yeah. So it's this forcing function that causes you to level up and to be smarter and to be better. And that's for me, one of the most beautiful things about business is that like, if, if you do it right and do it well, you're the one as the, as the CEO, co-founder, business owner that gets more out of it than anybody yeah. from like a development standpoint. And so like, that's always weighed on me and it's always been a healthy dose of fear to not screw it up for everybody to, to not necessarily work hard. Yes, that's important, but like work smart in terms of like leveling up and, 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 and working on those things that, that cause you to be smarter and wiser and seeking out counsel to, to, to make better decisions. None of that would happen if, if the business wasn't there. You know, um, before, before the next question that I want to ask you is just want to elaborate upon that. Um, so you're the epitome of the lifelong learner. Uh, what I've what I've heard from well multiple successful people is just that the most successful people on the planet are lifelong learners. They never stop learning. They understand the nuances of that. You know, not from a just from a relevance state uh, standpoint or even real time of what's happening in the world in the marketplace, but for the fact that, like you said, there's always a way to level up. And being Absolutely. a lifelong learner, you can always learn something new. You're not perfect. Absolutely. You know, 
the fact that you realize that as a CEO is why that makes you the most, that's why it makes you the captain of the ship, the, the most valuable person in the company because you're constantly leveling up, you're constantly learning, you're constantly finding new ways to keep leading forward. That's what a true leader does, right? For me, uh, yeah, and, and, and I agree with everything you're saying. And like, I think the best, who's the best at this, like the best embodiment of this is Mark Zuckerberg. Love him or hate him. You yeah. know, this, was, this dude was 25 years old running a multi-billion dollar company and doing it well. Yeah. Uh, whether you agree with their ethos or not. And, and it's because like one of his personal philosophies is like, don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. And that dude like would just soak up as much information as he could from so many smart resources around him and then like codify it into his, his philosophy. And that's why he's just so effective as a CEO. And like at a, at a, at a much, 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 much smaller scale. That's what I try to do. I try to try to have that philosophy in my life to understand, okay, like, like you want to be a learn it all. Don't be a know it all. The other, the other humbling thing that happens is as you learn more in like this, like circle of knowledge gets bigger. The, the outer surface of that circle gets bigger. And then yeah. you realize how much shit you don't know. And then you like, you, you become humble. Like if you don't know a whole lot, you feel pretty yeah. smart. Um, and I've been there. Like I, when I, I've, I've been there for years in my life yeah. where you don't, you just kind of stay stuck and you're happy with your like body of knowledge and you don't seek out a lot of new, new uh, information streams and you just kind of stay there and you're happy and you think you're comfortable. You think you know a lot, but as you learn more that, that you're exposed to more and you realize how much you don't know. And then that kind of reinforces it to understand, okay, yeah, there's, you have to continue to, to learn. You have to continue to level up or else you're going to get left behind and you're going to, you know, you're certainly in the marketplace. Right. Like if one misstep, you know, one bad quarter, one bad year, you're, it's lights out. And, uh, and, and, you know, we're seeing it right now. Businesses that have gone into this COVID crisis that uh, weren't healthy, you know, are, aren't going to make it. And so as the CEO, as the business owner, you know, that's your job to, to be constantly leveling up, constantly yeah. learning so you can steer the ship through, through times like we're in right now. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with that. You know, I want to go back to, so we're talking about fulfillment, which is really important. Uh, talking about purpose, obviously talking about, you know, making the right choices and always leveling up. One thing that, that I want to get your take on is so all the way back to, you know, when you first were actually mowing these lawns yourself. And then suddenly you were starting to gain momentum, like you're making money, demand's increasing. Now you have customers, right? And then you're realizing the holy shit, I'm making more money doing this, anything else. So yeah, it's a motivator. I love doing it also. So why not make it into a business? Now, can you talk a little bit about, okay, so you're making money, you're generating customers. How do you make sense of structure? Like, how did you go about, like, figuring out, okay, well, I got to structure this as a business, right? Because yeah. Uncle Sam wants to know how much fucking money I'm making and how much taxes yeah. I'm going to pay them. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I need to learn about, you know, staffing and employees and benefits and salaries and blah, 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 and all this. Like, talk about that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand, like, that's probably one of the toughest parts. And how did you go about it? Yeah, that blocking and tackling in the early days. If you've never done it before, it's it's mm -hmm. something you got to learn on the fly. Not only are you having to do whatever it is your business does, but you got to learn all this other stuff on uh, while you're doing it. If you do it wrong, it could be the the difference between life and death. Um, and so for me, you know, that's this is way back in like late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. 
we didn't have access to podcasts like this. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have blogs even much that you could read to, to learn these things. So you yeah. had to do, do like, like traditional crap, like, you know, hire a local mom and pop CPA to, you know, for 300 bucks an hour to learn this stuff uh, or hire an attorney for, for, for 250 bucks an hour to, to understand. Right. And like, you're broke. You don't have the money for this stuff. So you're trying to like shoot from the hip and learn it as you go. And, and that's really how I did. I just, I did it wrong trial and error over and over again. And over a course of like seven years, I finally figured out, got it right. Knowing what I know now, I could do it in two months. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those things that back then it was, it was really, really, really tough. Now it's a lot easier. And there's really, quite frankly, no excuse for not getting this stuff right the first time because yeah. you can jump on YouTube, you can you can do a quick Google search, you can do use stuff like Udemy and Udacity and and even Masterclass to learn like these fundamentals for starting your business right the first way, and and you know and, and turn off the radio, turn off turn off Pandora. Like you need to, if you're in the car, yeah. you need to be listening to a podcast like this. You need to be listening to a podcast where, where people are explaining to you, this is how you set up the right business for what you're trying to mm -hmm. do. And, 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 you know, like if you're starting a business, one of the best books to read is, is the E-Myth. And, and that book talks about how do you create this kind of structure for your business um, in terms of, of building a business and not creating a job. Right. Um, and, and it walks you through that step by step. That book didn't exist when I was starting my first business. It does now. And so if you just listen to the E-Myth on Audible three times, you'll understand very clearly, okay, this is how I need to approach building a business and not just building a job. Yeah. You know, you said something that really stood out to me that I think it's important to mention in this episode um, that's principally true, you know, in business, in entrepreneurship, but it's also in life um, as well, you know, uh, and that is trial and error. Right. You know, you said trial and error, which let's face it, uh, when you're going about things, you know, building a business and you're doing a lot of trial and error, you said you spent seven years trying to figure it out. What does society tell you? Tell her they're saying, Brian, you ain't doing this right. You're fucking this up. You know, this is not worth it for seven fucking years, yeah. right? So yeah. the toughest part is having the resilience to keep going. Yeah. You know, which is the other thing I wanted to ask from you is like, what was it? Because let's face it, I mean, the reason 99% of entrepreneurs fail is because they're not resilient enough. They fail yeah. in the first four years, realistically. I think the statistics say that most businesses, you know, cease to exist in four to five years of operation. So like zero to four or five years, because that's when you make the most amount of mistakes. And here's, you are seven years of trial and error. What did that feel like? <laughs> yeah. yeah, not only that, but, you know, I was broke as shit uh, building yeah. that company uh, for the first several years because every dime I would make, I would just try to buy another truck, buy another lawnmower. I, try, I built that business debt-free. And, and so uh, there, yeah. there's a fanaticism. There's a, there's a resilience. There's, there's just there's like an irrational fanaticism to literally like make something of yourself. Uh, you know, in high school, I was a C student, uh, barely graduated college. And, and so for me, it was just like, I saw this business as the vehicle to make something of myself. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to have the biggest, most successful landscaping company in my market. And for me, it was almost like a healthy dose of a little bit of ego, a lot of pride, and just a lot of ambition to, to, to make something of myself. And for, for, for me, like, in, in, in America, small business is the access to the American dream. Yep. 
it, nobody gives a crap who you are. If you can build a good product or service and get it into the market and do it better than your competitors, you will win. And, and I think uh, the, the way to win a lot of times in business is just to not give up. Uh, there's a book, uh, Simon Sinek, uh, the author of a book called Start With Why, one of my favorite books. He just wrote a new book called The Infinite Game. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read it yet, but, but uh, I'm going to read it. But one of like, you know, the, I, the back of the book synopsis of that book is that the way to win is to not give up. And so if you look at like, uh, the revolutionary war, uh, you know, we won that war because we, we would not, we were not willing to give up flat out, would not give up. Then you compare that with the Vietnam war. Very different. We had a, we had a entry and an exit strategy and like a, like a, like a, like a cost containment and like a, and, and like a, and a casualty containment kind of method. And and we, and, and, and you saw what happened there. So it's like, the way to win in business is to not give up and, and to have that like irrational fanaticism of wanting to achieve success because of some sort of higher reason, higher purpose, right. other than money. Money is a part of it, but other than that, and it could just be flat out like, you know, you just have something inside of you, like an ego that you want to fulfill and like business is the pathway to that. Yeah, for, that's that's how it's worked out for me. And there's been there were many, many, many like lows over the last 20 years. But like it was that thrust that got me through those times and to the to the mountaintop. Yeah, that was a really good example um, that you were saying about not not giving up, you know, and honestly, I, I've I've met too many people who have given up too soon. You know, uh, people that thought that they were determined they'll go in uh, three months, four months, five months, maybe a year, and then they just throw in the towel. You know, and this is just it is just that I wholeheartedly 100%, you know, agree with you because I'm, I'm an immigrant. You know, I, I came to this country 26 years ago when I was 14 years old. And uh, you were talking about small business being the, the vehicle to the American dream, which I wholeheartedly believe. But Absolutely. let's face it, when you're starting a small business, you're being scrutinized. You know, you're being dramatized. You're being called names. You're being told that this is never going to work. You're getting you know, a lot of backlash. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're, you're getting a lot of pushback from society, from people around you, friends, family, even that, you know, will oppose anything that you're doing because let's face it, what does society see? What does the marketplace see? They gain recognition of what you're doing once they see that it comes to fruition, right? They buy Absolutely. your product or service only when they say, oh, I'm doing business with Nike right? Oh, Nike is a multi-million dollar company, so I should buy shoes from there, right? <laughs> but they don't know what it took to build Nike. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, to that point, the uh, Shoe Dog is an awesome book and it talks about mm-hmm. how, how he, how Philip Knight built that company from scratch out of his trunk. Awesome book to, that illustrates what you're describing. Yeah. And, and, you know, you look at any movie about entrepreneurship, uh, any movie, uh, right? Whether it be, you know, the social network or, or like even the founder uh, that just came out about, about uh, Ray Kroc and McDonald's, you know, you you start with like the person's broke and then like, you know, they make it, but like the hard work and like the, the, the bullshit is like a set to a, uh, like a montage with music. Like there's, there's no, there's nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants to see that. And that's the thing that a lot of, uh, of naive entrepreneurs don't understand is that there's going to be like five to 10 years of grind to get there. It's worth it. 
but, but there has to be something to get you through that. You know, for me personally, like selling my first business and starting my second, my, my friends and family thought I was nuts because I was starting <laughs> from scratch again. And, yeah. uh, you know, I went from running this, uh, this, this, this successful landscaping company doing $10 million of sales, over a hundred people, you know, everybody yep. like, uh, uh, knew my brand in our little local marketplace to like starting from scratch, a brand new thing. Nobody had known about it and, and like begging people to try it. It's very humbling. Um, yeah. but it, it made me a, a better person. It, it made, it caused me to, uh, to have more humility. And so that's like, that's one of the most beautiful things about business is that it will make you a better person building yep. and, and growing your company. You know, uh, is the, the, one of the reasons why I brought this up is, um, you know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was a guy that I've been following for a long time, you know, admire because he's a fellow immigrant built a $300 million company, you know, as you know, he talks about the fact that nobody gives a shit about your feelings. Nobody gives a shit about your journey, your journey or your processes. You know, people only see basically, you know, the cherry on the top, basically to put the iceberg. No, they don't even give a fuck about what happens underneath. But what's important to recognize in that is if you are not in love with the process and the journey and why you're doing it, right? Why you're building a business and the things you're doing day in and day out, then it's not worthwhile. Why are you even doing it? What to prove something to, to others you're right. not doing that to prove something to, to others. If you're doing that, you're going about it for the wrong reasons. And that's, I think, what a lot of entrepreneurs are doing is they're trying to prove. It's an act of ego and pride, like you said. Right. They're, like, they're trying to say, I'm building a business. I'm self-employed. I'm you know, earning my own paycheck. Are you really? Or are you just trying to prove something to somebody? Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, I hate to use this word, but posers uh, Mm -hmm. in the last decade. Uh, You know, for me, it was like when that movie, The Social Network, came out. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what happened, but there was like a shift in like, like entrepreneurship got to be sexy. And like before that, like like entrepreneur was like a synonym for loser. Like, oh, you're an entrepreneur. (laughs) You can't, you can't like get a job and oh, good luck. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and, but but after that movie, it got a, kind of got to be a shift in in in, the, in American thinking that being an entrepreneur was cool and sexy. And yeah. So a lot of people kind of got into starting their own business. I think for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, you're gonna learn. It doesn't matter what you're doing that it that nobody yeah. gives a shit. Uh, only if you have a product or service that solves their problem do they give a shit. And right. you're you're going to be. It's going to be a hard slog. That's going to be lonely at times. That's going to be difficult and challenging. You're going to be questioning why you're doing it. Uh, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know, if you can gut it out, it is worth it. And yeah. and that's something that uh, that you just you can't explain to somebody. You just got to go through it. I think um, yeah. it helps for people to discuss it, like we do, or like where you are right now, candidly. Yeah. Because 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 you don't hear these conversations uh, very candidly very often, but. But that's the reality of it. Um, yeah. So, so often, you know, like in the in the tech press or in the business press, we see so and so company has you know raised a hundred million dollars or sold for half a billion dollars or whatever, and we look at that and we're like, and even we see they did it in like you know three years, five years, whatever, and you're like, damn shit, you know why why can't I do that? What you don't realize is that that founder, that team has like cratered three or four other companies before that one this is like over you're looking at like yeah. a snapshot of a 10 or a 20 year arc 
of yeah. what they've been doing. And, and that's just what it takes. Yeah, there's outliers. The, the overnight success does exist, but that's less than like 5% right. or maybe even less than that. To, to, to get there, it just, it's just something that you're doing because you just have a drive and a fanaticism to, to get there and to, and to make it. And that's what's going to get you through the slog. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to um, the social network movie uh, that, you, that you mentioned, um, because uh, that's actually uh, uh, one of the movies that I really like. And you were saying that, you know, a lot Love of people uh, started businesses for the wrong reasons. And let's face it, perception is reality. And I, I talk a lot about this is that there's, there's really three different perceptions or three different realities. You know, there's your reality, there's my reality, and there's the reality of the mm. world. Yeah. Right? And so um, I think in part that movie was, was aimed to inspire and motivate a lot of people, obviously educate and inform. So it was doing a bunch of different things. So the perception that you draw, and that's like with anything really in business too, is the perception that you create on things really is your reality. Based on that reality is the actions that you take, right? And why you do certain things, finding a why and a purpose and a drive, commitment, right? Right. Um, now, I think the one thing that I personally got out of that is, is that, you know, community cultivation and connectivity, because that's ultimately why Facebook came about is this because he wanted to connect people in a way that it wasn't ever done before. I mean, sure, MySpace did it. They were the first really to cultivate that. But this was like a next level, which really goes to show that, let's face it, I mean, there's a bunch of, you know, long companies out there in the world in the United States alone. But at the end of the day, the way your company does things from an operational standpoint, the service that they provide is ultimately what differentiates you from everybody else. It's principally the same thing like buying shoes, whether they're Nike or Reebok or, you know, another brand. It's, they're all shoes, but the reason people buy them is because of the emotion that it creates, right? right. And so I wanted to talk about the social network for a minute because it is about perception, and perception is reality and the way people draw conclusions from different things. Now, one thing that I, you know, before uh, we, we wrap things up, you know, that I wanted to get your take on is, so obviously you've been in business for quite a while now, two companies, you know, what are maybe the, the three things that, that you have learned as an entrepreneur that have really, and, and just as a human being, you know, that, that has helped you in your journey? Yeah, um, you know, going back to, perception reality mm -hmm. and, and something that is like universal in every business. It's trying to close the gap between your perception as the business owner and the reality of what's going on. The best way to do that is feedback from your users, feedback from your customers. Yeah. Uh, that's, that is like the universal, like, like fundamental, uh, like way to get through the, those, those times where you think it's X, but it's actually Y. And, and mm -hmm. so for us, like for me, uh, when we started green pal, we have live chat inside of the software and it, and it, and it will buzz, it buzz us seven days a week, 24 hours a day, people pissed off about something that it wouldn't do or what they thought it should do or what they wanted to do. Right. And like that, that feedback was what, what helped us close perception and reality. Like we thought we were solving this problem, but we're actually supposed to be solving this problem. And so it's, it sounds like a simple thing, but most business owners don't do it. They don't, they don't take the time to talk to their customers, talk to their users because it hurts. It's right. you know, a lot of times, you know, the, the feedback hurts. We take it personally, but the reality is, is that that's the thing that, that, that can be the thrust for your success. Um, you know, I have a friend like I, and we go to, we go to lunch a lot and man, every time I go out with him, like he wears the server out 
he's always like complaining and letting them know like the food's cold or like <laughs> there isn't like the ketchup on the table or whatever. And like, yeah. and, and if, if, if for me, when I go to a restaurant and the service isn't good, I don't say shit. I just, I just sit back. Yeah. I, I just take it and I, I never say anything. I just don't ever go back again. But my friend right. is like totally different. He's like, he's constantly wearing them out. Like he will, he'll ask for the manager. Like he will bitch and complain. And, and so and, and it hit me uh, uh, last time I hung out with him. It's like, if you have a restaurant, you want to, you, you want a hundred customers like me or yeah. do you want a hundred customers like my friend? And the reality is, is you want my friend. You want him to come in. Like he's a pain in the ass, but he's going to yep. make your business better. He's going to cause you to understand the, the, the difference between your perception of your business and the reality of it. And so whenever you're getting this feedback, you're soliciting it, whether, it's, you know, whether you're getting it uh, uh, voluntarily or involuntarily, you have to look at it that way. Like, okay, this is the thing that's causing me to really understand what's going on. And this is the thing that's going to cause me to be successful. It's hard to do that. Uh, consumers are more irrational and ridiculous than ever. Yeah. But that, that river of feedback and information is, is to me like one of the silver bullets of business. Yeah. No, that's, that's really important indeed is that feedback, you know, that you were talking about. Um, Brian, I, I've truly enjoyed our conversation and I, I know that it can keep going. But uh, before we wrap things up on this episode, you know, how can people find you if they want to connect with you? Social handles, email, throw it out there. Yeah, right on. Yeah, so if anybody doesn't want to waste their time cutting their grass, just download GreenPal in the App Store or Play Store. You get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service in less than a minute. Any any business owners, entrepreneurs want to reach out to me, best way to get at me is just my email, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at yourgreenpal.com. If you email me, try to put me on second or third base as to uh, what your question is and what your business is, and I can give you uh, my, my feedback based on my experience. Um, and uh, Twitter, Brian M. Clayton. And uh, awesome. be happy to connect. Awesome, Brian. I want to thank you for the amazing conversation. Hey, I got a money inside. They want to ask why Ben why in 2018 he still had it. I see him now. They are.